I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Ryan Meeks, and after years of trying to make life work as a struggling artist, independent filmmaker, and musician, I thought to myself, hey self, wouldn't it be helpful to ask other artists how they're finding their path in this world? And so now, that's exactly what I'm doing on a bi-weekly basis. Welcome to the Path of Art. Welcome to the Path of Art. I'm Ryan Meeks, and today we have guest Catherine Beggs. Uh, she's a composer from L.A., and uh, she's classically trained in piano. She's uh, currently a senior at Brown University, and she was commissioned by Miracle Activation Center for her original song, Wake Up and See the Light, in 2020. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you on. Um, uh, tell me a little bit more about yourself, uh, other than what we kind of went over in your intro. Yeah, so um, I am actually, I just graduated from Brown University this semester. Oh, so my information's out of date. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I took a semester off during COVID, so I kind of like, I yeah, I just graduated at a weird time. But yeah, and I'm working um, right now. I'm working for a company called Cutting Room Music um, mm -hmm. with Mark Roos and Adonis in Paris, and we do music and production, um, composition, and music supervision um, for filmmakers and media um, media producers. And I've been working with them for the past two years. But yeah, I'm from Los Angeles, and I was classically trained, and I did that most of my life. And in college, I pivoted towards film music, and that's what I'm currently doing right now. Oh, cool. So yeah. what uh, what projects have you worked on uh, with the uh, Cutting Room Music uh, Company? Yeah, um, we've done a lot. We've done um, series for Amazon Prime. We've done, um, right now we're working on like a short horror film, which will be out in a little bit. Um, we've done music supervision for other projects. We've done music for advertisements. It's just been like a wide variety of things. Um, yeah, it's been it's been great, great experience. And I'm really grateful to have Mark and Adonis who are seasoned composers kind of show me the ropes. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, are there any projects that you've worked on there that you've been really excited about? I mean, if you can't talk about them, that's that's fine. I, I understand NDAs, but <laughs> um, are yeah. there any that you can talk about that you've really, uh, really been excited about? Yeah. Okay. I can talk about, well, I don't know if I can mention the name of it, but we did mm -hmm. a horror film and that was really exciting because I was able to do like a lot of piano composition for the film mm -hmm. and that was like the first horror score that I ever did um and that should be coming out next year so that was really exciting um yeah I think that's probably what I'm like most excited about right now that we worked on as a team so Okay. And uh, we went over um, your song uh, that you had did in 2020, um, the uh, Wake Up and See the Light. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, uh, what, 
what was that song about? Uh, why did you do it? And what what other songs or arrangements uh, have you done? Yeah, great question. So, yeah, that was the first song that I was commissioned to write, like you said, by the Miracle Activation Center. And I think the point of the song for me was to, like, get the message across um, of hope. I, it was a time during COVID when, you know, I think we all felt really hopeless and lonely. And also in the middle of the Black Lives Matter protests and the election, it was kind of a really chaotic time in like the social and political climate here in the US. And I definitely felt like very scared and hopeless, but I also wanted to highlight how people were coming together and helping each other and just yeah, I guess just imbue that sense of hope for people. And, you know, that's part of the message of the Miracle Activation Center. So I wanted to write something that reflected that. And then there was a music video that was made to go with the song, like a montage of various clips um, reflecting, you know, things that have happened in the news, but people helping each other during really hard times. So that was that was how the song came to be. Um, yeah. Uh, tell me a, a little more about uh, about your education. We touched on it a little bit. And so you're classically trained in piano and composing. Um, it, 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 do you have, is, is it a bachelor's or a master's or what, what kind of degree did you have and what, uh, what, uh, what was your training like? Yeah, so I have played the piano my entire life, um, classical piano. That was the first exposure to music that I had. But then I did choir later um, in elementary, middle, and high school. And through the choir, I actually found out about a program for young composers called Listening to the Future. And that's where I applied to and I got in and I got formal training in composition and I wrote for um, a choir in my mm-hmm. town. And that was the first time I actually worked with like other like real like professional com- composition, like mentors, like real composers who did choral pieces, who did orchestration pieces. And they really helped me and showed me how to do that in high school. And I, I decided towards the end of high school that I, I wanted to do that as a career, which was a little risky, um, but that was what I really wanted to pursue. So I actually applied to a bunch of conservatories for college among other universities um, with really strong music departments. And I, in the end, ended. I chose Brown because they had a great music department and I've been studying music composition and production here. And I'm finishing up, or I just finished my degree. Um, and I'm actually going to attend NYU next year for a master's in film scoring specifically. So, awesome. That's an overview. <laughs> awesome. So, um, what, uh, what compositions or arrangements that you've done so far are, are you, uh, most proud of? Yeah. Um, I think the thing that I'm most proud of at the moment is, the EP I just released, I just, I literally just released this on Thursday, Friday, last Friday. And it's an EP with all my original music that I wrote, I produced, I sang, I played. Um, And this has been like two years in the making. Um, And it was also, it's like an album basically. And it counted as my uh, senior thesis for my music degree too, which was 
a great like two in one but it's something I've always wanted to do and the songs are really personal and really special I put in a lot of time and I just released it on all platforms um Spotify Apple Music um yeah I feel like it's just a, a culmination of my my journey as an artist um so that's something I'm really really proud of um, for my NYU portfolio, I actually did a rescore of a scene from one of my favorite movies called Lion. And the score for that included harp, live instrument, other live instruments like a string quartet, hmm. um, my own vocals that I used to build a choir, um, which is, I think it's just, it was one of the most ambitious pieces I've done. It's it's one of my favorites that I've done to video. So those, those two are you know, some of my bigger projects that I've done in the past few months. And I'm, I'm really excited about them. So tell me about, about your composing and arranging process. Like how, how do you, how does your process work when you either start uh, writing a song or start um, uh, arranging uh, a new arrangement? Yeah, I think it really depends, you know, what what I'm doing exactly. If I'm if I'm doing a composition, like a, a classical composition or, you know, a film score, I'll start in my notation program um, and I'll, I'll write out, you know, the score um, there and then I'll give that to the musicians that are playing it and we'll go back and forth and I'll modify it based on like changes that they might suggest. Um, so that's how I, I go about that. But then when I'm writing a song, I either start with the lyrics first or I'll like plunk out some chords on the piano um, and get the chord progression down. And then, you know, I'll record my vocals and all the rest of the production. Sometimes I just start directly in my computer on my DAW, um, which is like the computer software where I program all the music. And if I'm doing something like electronic bass with synths, I'll just start, you know, with some synth sounds or a drum beat or something like that. Um, Yeah, I think it just really varies depending on what I'm doing, which keeps it interesting. And even like if I'm even if I'm working in the same genre, sometimes I'll just, you know, approach it in a different way, depending on how I'm feeling. So what would you say um, in terms of the music that you write uh, that's that's like your music, not necessarily music for um, movies or classical scores, but uh, uh, what what would you classify your music style as? Yeah, I think my style as a singer-songwriter is definitely pop, kind of indie, acoustic. I, I really like to do, you know, things that are a bit stripped down, maybe a bit softer. Yeah, I would say maybe like indie pop, but kind of alternative. It's not super like, I don't know, mainstream. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the vibe of my album. Um yeah, and just lots of live instruments because I really love working with live instruments. Yeah, so. kind of yeah. have more of an acoustic vibe to it, you know, with Definitely. with live stuff rather than all the synthesized things. So yeah, that's definitely what I love. I I just really love like raw, like stripped down music, mm-hmm. music where it sounds like I'm kind of just singing to you or playing right in front of you. That's the kind of music that I love to make. Yeah. So when do you find that you're most creative? Like what, when, when are those moments? Um, I think generally just overall in life, I find that I have the most 
creativity at night, like late at night. I think I just am an insomniac, but I also feel like the world is just so quiet and I don't have any obligations at night and I can kind of just sit with my thoughts and um, process emotions, which, you know, I put into the music. There have been a lot of times where I've had like, I, I don't know, I think a really good idea, like right before I, you know, I'm about to go to sleep and I'm like, wait, I have to write that down. Then I ended up just like writing a whole song. Um, so yeah, I, I think the nighttime is when I feel the most creative generally. Yeah. And when those bits of inspiration come, you have to get them down or else they're gone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go like straight to my voice memo on my iPhone or something or my keyboard and just, just get them down and then, you know, I'll evaluate them in the morning, but yeah. So uh, tell me about your most recent work that, that you were talking about your EP that you released. Tell me a little about, about that. Yeah. Okay. So the EP is eight tracks total. It's called source materials and it's, it's like a concept album. And the idea was like each song is a primary source kind of into my life. Cause these songs are all, what is like the common thread between all of them is they're very personal and they, you know, are, are based on like my life experiences from the past and how that's led to my identity in the current moment. So they encompass a lot of different themes, like things in my childhood, things that I've dealt with older later on, um, and just different, you know, emotions I've had over the years. I wrote the first song for this in 2019, I think. So it's been like a very long time in the making. And, you know, I finally had enough songs a few months ago where I was like, okay, I need to finish this. I have to make this into an EP. Um, So six of the tracks are songs, which I wrote and produced and sung the lyrics. And two of the songs are original compositions, which um, are more electronic based. They're kind of more like interlude type things um, just to have some variety on the album. And yeah, like I was saying, a lot of it's very acoustic, stripped back, um, just really natural sounding. And I think very like vulnerable and just kind of bearing it all in my EP. And yeah, I'm just really excited about it. I think it's something that I'm the most proud of that I've ever done in terms of a project. All right, Catherine. So you have a sample of one of your songs for us today, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the third track on the album. It's called That Girl. It's actually the the most, I, I think, pop synth kind of song on the album. So it's, it's a little bit different from the other ones, but it's, it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, I think because of what it represents and um, just the, I don't know, the process in which I wrote the songs was different from how I usually write songs. I actually started with like a beat first and some synth sounds, which is usually the opposite of what I do. Um, so it was probably the most fun to work on. And I also was able to collaborate with one of my really good friends and roommates, um, Ella Peterson, who did the animation on Spotify for the song. So that was really, really fun to do together. So yeah, okay, so that girl. Yeah, we're just going to listen to this sample of uh, That Girl by Catherine Beggs. Here it is. 
Okay. Wow. That was really good. <laughs> really good. Thank you so much. So, so it's called That Girl. And so is there kind of a, a story behind this or uh, do you have something yeah. you want to say? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that girl is referring to me, but but me as like my childhood self. It was really a song that it, the, I guess this, the meaning behind the song is basically, you know, there are times in my life where I, I think when I got to college, you know, things came up where I feel like I, I like reverted back to my middle school self. And like when I was in middle school, I was I was really quiet and like nerdy well i'm still nerdy but like very <laughs> hey there's no there's nothing wrong with being a nerd trust me <laughs> been one for 30, 38 years it's okay <laughs> me too me too I, i've always been a nerd but i think i was just really not confident in myself and i was i was just really shy and i kind of felt like the outcast and and that song is is really like and i used to like i don't know hate that part of myself and i used to be like oh, i i really don't like who i was in middle school Um, and sometimes like when I, you know, felt insecure in my environment in college, I, I would revert back to my, you know, middle school self and that, that feeling, um, that I was just, you know, really scared and quiet and shy and no one liked me. And obviously that wasn't true, but I, I feel like I, there were times when I felt that way and I was just realizing like, you know, I, I should honor that, that girl. Like she, she was really special and like, she's still a part of me. Um, and obviously I've grown since then and I'm, I'm more confident, but you know, I'm still working on it, but yeah, I think it was just kind of like a, like, Oh, I should just stop hating her. Like she's, she's great. She's special. She's inside of me and she's, you know, she's that girl. So that was, that's the meaning behind the song. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, you know, really personal and, you know, realization that I had. Yeah. Well, what, what a great message to share, to put out there into the, into the world. We're going to go to a quick break. We'll be back with Catherine Beggs, a composer from LA who's uh, making a splash in the world. And so we'll be right back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. with Catherine Beggs, a composer from L.A. who's been to Brown University and, and has a lot on her horizon. Uh, so, Catherine, let's, let's kind of dive into to more of your journey, you know, of how you got to here. So what first got you interested in composing music? Yeah, I, I vividly remember what the turning point was for me. I think it was when I was around 13 and I was playing the piano and I just realized I was really bored of like the classical pieces that I was playing and the music I was given and I just wanted to do my own thing so I, I wrote a song um on the piano and then my mom was like that's really good like you should keep doing that and I was like I guess yeah so 
that was like my first, you know, informal composition. Um, and since then, like I mentioned, I did the program where I was able to write a, a choir piece um, for a choir in my town. That was later in high school. And that's where I got my formal training. And then from there, I did another young composers program where I wrote for chamber music. Um, and uh, like at, all throughout that same time, I was I was songwriting as well. So I've, I've, I've always done that. Um and yeah, I think it was like mid high school when I was like, wait, like I could actually do this in college and like after college if I, if I, I'm really that passionate about it. And yeah, I was. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go for it. And, and that, that's what kind of led me to here. Yeah. And, uh, so, so would you say that that was kind of your leap of faith when you were just like, I just want to write my own music <laughs> or did you, or was there something later on? that kind of made you jump into this profession? Yeah, I I think for me in high school, in my my junior year, I just, I heard the chamber group that I wrote for just play my piece out loud. And I was like, wait, this is what I have to do. I'm really scared of doing it, but I, I really have to pursue this. So I think, I think my biggest leap of faith was, um, applying to college for music specifically. I applied to a lot of conservatories, which I, I thought I was going to end up at a conservatory. So I, I had to like fly all over the place doing these like composition auditions and they were really intense and scary. And I, I questioned a lot. I was like, is this really worth it? Like, I, I don't know. Um, but I ended up, you know, having a lot of great choices and, um, I was, I got a lot of good feedback from the people that I, you know, had to audition for. And I think for me, I was like, wait, like, okay, they think I can do it. Like, maybe I think I can do it. Um, So that was just composition specifically. I think for like what I'm doing now, film composition, that kind of happened later in college where I had friends who were filmmakers at Brown and they were like, oh, we need music for our films. Like, do do you want to do music? And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Um, and I just kept doing them and doing them. And then and then I met Mark Roos and Adonis, and they've been like the best mentors ever. I was like helping them out um, in 2020 with some projects. And then, you know, eventually they asked me to join their team. And that's when I, I just, I was able to kind of see, you know, see what they did and see how they made a path for themselves. And that's what really solidified it for me. I was like, okay, like I really love writing music for film. Um, I think it's, it has a lot of impact and yeah, I, I, there's a lot of versatility too, besides just classical music. Has there been uh, at any point in your journey, has there been a, a spot where it just kind of seemed like it didn't work out or wasn't going to work out. And, uh, if so, how, how did you, how did you get yourself through that? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, there, there are two spots that I remember pretty clearly. Um, one of them was at the start of college where I was explaining to one of my, uh, professors what my plan was and I, unfortunately he was just not super supportive and he was like I don't know if like this is a great idea or, like you really know what you're doing and I was like what like that that was that was when I was a freshman and that 
that was like maybe my second week of school. So that was really like demoralizing for me. And I was like, oh, maybe I don't know what I'm doing, but I I, I did. Um, And I got through that by, I don't know, just, just doing what I wanted to do and not, not really trying to not take that to heart and just knowing, having the faith in myself that I was on the right path and I knew what I wanted to get out of Brown and I, I, I knew what I was doing. Um, there was another time that I th- it was like 2020 when like COVID was um, hitting and I had to return back home from college. I, you know, I applied to a summer internship that I didn't end up getting. And then something else came up that I got, but then I couldn't even do that because of COVID. And so I felt really stuck and I felt like I wasn't making any progress and I just couldn't do anything that summer. And I was like really miserable. I was like, maybe this isn't meant to be. Um, And that was coincidentally when I first met Mark and I was just like, he gave me really great advice. He was like, you know, it's COVID right now. Like, you know, you have the talent, you can do this. Like, you know, I'll help you. I'll, um, you know, you can help me with some projects. And that was like life-changing, honestly. So it was really in the moment where I felt like the least, uh, like productive and like the most stuck in what I was doing that I was actually able to find a career. So yeah. yeah. You were able to find someone to, to help you get through that moment that was supportive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Having a supportive mentor just completely changed everything. So, okay. So, uh, from your experience, uh, what would you say are the most important things that someone needs to do to get to your level of success in composing? Yeah, I think obviously hard work is very important. Talent is important. But I think for me, what I would stress the most is the connections that you make and, you know, putting just being a a person that everyone wants to work with, you know, means you're personable and kind and consistent with your work and you're always willing to help out. I think that is what will make people respect you and keep going back to you um, for their projects. So just being someone that is always there, that is just respectful to everyone and just being someone that people like to generally talk to besides, you know, your music, just being someone that people like um, is really important. Um, And also just knowing who you are, knowing your identity, knowing the kinds of people you want to work with too, people that are supportive of your art um, and are doing projects you're really passionate about. I think those are the most important things. Obviously the music is really important, but I think the people that you, that are around you and the connections you build and the people that will stand behind you, those are the people that are going to keep you going and take you, you know, to the next step. You know, I've heard that before in my, in my last interview, uh, for, for the listeners out there, uh, my last interview was with Kurt Bester. He's a local composer in Utah that has seen a lot of success. And he said almost an identical thing where, I mean, you need to show up on time. You need to be reliable, but you also need to be enjoyable to work with. You have to have, you know, you have to have a good personality. And, and he's, he said, there's, there's people that he's worked with that he doesn't, 
like to work with anymore because they're <laughs> hard to work with, you know? And so, yeah. so those two th- things seem to be a, a constant in, uh, in succeeding in, in really any, any area. But, uh, I think it's, it was just really interesting that, a another composer said that exact same thing. So <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's true. Yeah, I I totally see the truth in that. And so, uh, what is one thing that you wish you had known before you started on this path? I wish I'd really known how to advocate for myself. I think being new to it, and I'm still pretty young, like, I, I just was not, you know, aware that not everyone has your best interests, and there are people along the way that, like, will want to bring you down and I, I've encountered that not only in college, but also like in the industry, people I've worked with. And yeah, just like being able to defend yourself and um, stand up for yourself is is really important. And also knowing that kind of goes along with like knowing who you are and what you stand for and knowing the kinds of people you want to work with and not um, not working with people that, you know, bring you down. Um, I think it's something I'm working on as like a young woman. Like it's, I think it's sometimes hard to, you know, voice my opinions, um, in a room full of maybe like older men. Cause those are a lot of the composers right now. Yeah. It's, it's really scary, but I've, I've really been trying to work on that. And just, if something doesn't seem right, or if I'm being mistreated, like speaking up. Yeah. That's something I, I wish I'd known in the beginning. Mm-hmm. How have you, uh, how have you been able to do that? How have you been able to stand up for yourself in adverse situations? Yeah, it's really hard. Um, I think what, like, who's, I think Mark has really been really like super, super helpful in that area. He's just given me a lot of great advice, um, on how to navigate the situations and he's been in the business, you know, for many years and he's very seasoned. So I I think he knows how to approach these situations when they come up. Um, But before, before I met him, um, just when people would say things or people in college would make remarks. Yeah. I think it was really hard to deal with. Um, And I would go to my parents or my friends and I think what they did was just reaffirm my worth and I feel like as I've gotten more confident and as I've um really established you know who I am and and what I believe in it's been easier and easier to stand up for myself when I know I'm not being treated properly um so just that inner sense of self I think is the most important thing and then also going to older mentors on how to navigate some of the nitty-grittiness of you know, how the business works. Cause I still don't know a lot about the business side. I'm, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I've been arming myself. Um, yeah. And, uh, so if you had a, so if you had one piece of advice that you would give to someone that's just starting this out, what would you say to them? I would say be patient. It takes a long time. Um, Mark, he has a quote that he says that it's a marathon on a sprint and this applies to everything, but especially for music and the arts, it takes a lot of patience and time and dedication to get recognition. And I think at times that can seem really frustrating. 
um, compared to other industries where maybe things move quicker or I don't know. Um, but I think you really just have to stay the course and you will see results if you day in, day out, really put everything you have into it. Yeah, just be patient, which is hard. And I, there's some days where I'm like, I, I don't I, I don't feel like I have the patience, but it really takes time. It takes time to build the networks. It takes time to do the music. It takes time to learn the skills and to learn how it all works. And I'm still at the very beginning of all of this. So I have a long way to go. So, yeah, try to take so, Catherine, I think that is great advice, and I, I hope that's helpful for anyone out there that's listening. Uh, what is next for you, Catherine? What's uh, what's ahead of these EPs and uh, and uh, even more? Yeah, um, I think what's coming out next that I'm really excited about is I um, I composed for a um, short film for the nonprofit called Of Substance, and they work. Um, or they produce a lot of short films and their goal is to destigmatize addiction and substance abuse and um, raise awareness for the issue and really just generate empathy among people for um, this um, in this area. And they did a short film and I was able to use one of my original songs from the EP in like the ending scene. And I was also able to do a piano score for the beginning of the film. So that was really exciting. And that should be coming out very soon. There's going to be more information on that. But if you go to Of Substance's website, it will be up there hopefully in a few weeks. Um, Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, my next, my next step though, life step is I'm going to be attending NYU and their screen scoring masters starting in January, not to two year program. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to equip me with even more skills and, you know, I'm, I'm really just trying to take it all in and learn as much as I can so I can be the best composer and artist I can possibly be. And this is just a a piece in that. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, where can our listeners find you? Uh, Social media, website, all of that. Yeah. So my Instagram is at Catherine Beggs. So K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-B-E-G-G-S. I have a link to my Spotify there, but my, my artist profile is also just my name, Catherine Beggs. So all my music is there, with my including my EP. I have my website, which where I also have music and videos that I've scored to, katherinebeggs.com. It's really all just my name, mm-hmm. so shouldn't be too hard to find. And I sh- that that's where you know, Catherine Beggs is like this this artist user for the Apple Music too. So just my name. It's it's there. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, you heard it. Make sure you look up Catherine Beggs and check out all of her stuff, her upcoming things. And uh, it's it's been a real pleasure having you on the podcast, Catherine. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's It's been such an honor. And yeah, thank you for the really insightful questions. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was great. And for all of you out there listening, make sure that you check out The Path of Art on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And if you haven't already, just go back and listen to all of the episodes that we've done over the past six months. We've got some really great advice. And it's so interesting just to hear every 
everybody's story. There's similarities, but there's also these like differences that just make it so nuanced and kind of you can apply it to different things in your life. So go back and listen to those. Thank you so much for listening to The Path of Art. Thank you for listening to The Path of Art. If you or someone you know is creative and would like to tell your story, reach out to me at rmeeks at ksl.com. I might feature you on the show. If you liked our conversation, please make sure you follow the show and give us a five-star rating and review. It really does help people to discover the show. Also, make sure you follow The Path of Art podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.